Welcome to Rulebenders, brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. I'm Alexis Fernandez, and in this podcast, I meet the mavericks, the innovators, the rulebenders who are defying conventions, shaking up the status quo, and redefining what's possible. In this episode, we're going to explore the rule you can't build wealth and eat smashed avo. Everyone has enough money to start investing. You can literally start investing with a few cents. And so the question, do I have enough money to start investing? The answer is yes. It was back in July 2017 when a newspaper columnist infamously wrote the words that launched a thousand opinion pieces. The claim that young people should be skimping on breakfast to save money for a house deposit caused a bit of a stir. Mostly because it echoed sentiments young people have become all too familiar with. Young Australians have been told time and time again that it's their lifestyle that's prohibiting them from building personal wealth and achieving financial security. But according to today's guests, it is possible to have your avo and eat it too. So today I'm speaking with the Equity Mates, otherwise known as Alec and Bryce. They're podcasters, investors, and future media magnates, and I'm excited to be chatting with them. Hey, guys. Hey, Alexis. Thanks for having How us on. How are you, Alexis? Already <laughs> laughing at the intro. <laughs> yeah. Future media magnates. Uh, well, I don't think we've ever been introduced like that before, but, but I'll take it. I like it. <laughs> There's a first for everything. <laughs> so you guys are the Equity Mates. I want to know how good mates are you? Where did this all begin? We're very good mates. We're best mates. It started back in 2011 when we met at university uh, down at ANU in Canberra. Uh, Went to college together, had a great time there and then subsequently ended up living together in a share house for a couple of years and that's where the friendship kicked off. That's where equity mates kicked off and People often say, don't go into business with your best mate. We've done it and luckily it's working out. So and it's just worked out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the outliers, obviously. <laughs> and you've got a media business as well. Is that right? Yeah, we do. Uh, it started with just the, the podcast, but, um, you know, we've sort of been able to grow it into six podcasts now, a uh, streaming show. We just released a book. So we're really Amazing. in that just throw a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks phase, but it's it's a lot of fun. That's so cool. So with, with the six, okay, firstly, six podcasts, I'm so impressed. That's awesome. But <laughs> how do you, what's, what's, what do you do with the media business? How is that run? That's more, is that Bryce that kind of runs that? Yeah, Bryce runs it. I just, I just <laughs> cruise really. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, I mean, we we both started this as a, as a side hustle and had really no intentions of turning it into a business but over four years we managed to grow a a reasonably decent sized audience that sort of mid 2020 last year in the sort of depths of coronavirus we had a nice sort of tailwind of uh, people staying at home and listening to podcasts Mm. more and also this huge interest in the stock market from retail investors as the market was crashing and everyone was at home wanting to I don't know do something with their money and so uh, off the back of that, we were fortunate enough to be able to quit our jobs and, and pursue this full time. And back then we only had two podcasts and over the last sort of eight months or so, almost coming on a year, we've grown that to, to six podcasts now and, and really trying to grow a media business that captures the attention and also educates and engages millennial retail investors right around the world. That's amazing. And congratulations. And 
yeah, it's crazy how much has changed, I think, with what happened with COVID and so much shutting down and so much changing. It's actually, it's been really cool to see growth in so many areas, in, like podcasting, I've noticed has been the biggest one. It's just been absolutely insane. Um, even like for me personally as well, that's kind of how I was able to go full time with that as well. So it's it's cool to see. Um, okay, mm. so what I want to get into with you guys, and I'm so excited to be talking to you guys about this because if anyone needs help with investing, it's me. But <laughs> firstly, I want to know, what do you think of the now infamous statement that young people should stop eating smashed avo and save for a house deposit instead? Oh, it's... It's just wrong, I think, is where where we need to start. The idea that we need to sacrifice our lifestyles to grow wealth is wrong. The idea that we need to save money uh, to grow wealth is wrong. You know, it, it's a nice catchphrase that the media have picked up on, but mm. if that is how people are actually thinking about growing wealth, I'm going to stop buying coffees, I'm going to stop buying smashed avo, I'm just going to totally. stop buying things, you, you're missing out on on really the exciting part of growing wealth, which is actually taking that money and putting it to work. I want to know actually where that whole thing started about that you can't go ahead and eat smashed avo and also save for a house deposit. Where did that originate from? Because I feel like we've now heard about that for years. It was by uh, a guy called Bernard Salt uh, who wrote a column in The Australian. And to be honest, I think he wrote it with a bit of tongue in cheek. It wasn't intended to kick off in the way that it had, but it certainly started the conversation and started the movement, I guess. But but that's the origins of it. And I think he actually came out a little bit after that to sort of just clarify what he was trying to talk about. But yeah, started right. back. <laughs> what was he trying to get at? What message was he trying to put across? So I think the the thought underlying it is really that millennials are living too luxurious a lifestyle to actually, you know, grow wealth. And, and I think you can understand where that's coming from, but we think that's pretty flawed. We think the idea that you have to give up your lifestyle now to grow your wealth for your future self is just wrong. Yeah. Well, I'm actually, I'm thrilled that you said that. <laughs> that's a relief for me. So okay, if it's not the lifestyle, then... Why is it that young people are struggling to break into the property market? Has it always been like that and we just think it's harder for us or is it actually harder now? Well, I mean, there's no doubt that particularly in capital cities, the price of um, of housing is it's incredibly high and having to mm. save, you know, your traditional 20% deposit or even a 10% deposit now, if you're looking to live in, well, most areas of capital cities even, you need to be saving huge amounts of money. So, um, combine that with sort of a low wage growth environment and a couple of sort of other macro factors, it is difficult to save for a house and, and, and there's sort of no denying that. But the way that we come at it is, you know, it is an Australian dream, but it's not something that we believe is the only way to, to build wealth. Mm. And so, yeah, there's no denying it's, it's difficult, but um, yeah, it's all about the stock market for us yeah yeah and i think it has it hasn't always been this way you know you asked uh has it is it been this way historically like you talk to your parents and you ask how much their first home was and you compare that to what they were getting paid and sure they were getting paid less than we are now because of you know inflation and all of that but house prices were cheaper interest rates mm. were higher but um as interest rates have come down the cost of housing compared to our incomes has just blown out and it's really only moving in one direction you know the banks the government existing property investors everyone has this incentive structure to push 
property prices higher and for millennials who are trying to catch up or and jump on that speeding train you've got to really sacrifice your lifestyle you got to stop buying smashed avo you got to sacrifice mm. travel and holidays and stuff like that because you're just trying to get your first foot on the property ladder and it, it's so hard but the good news is it's not the only option so what what would you focus on outside of the property market well for us it's all about the stock market i think mm. you know there's we've built a business ar- around focusing on uh, building long-term wealth uh, through the power of the stock market. I mean, one of Alex's favorite quotes is that the uh, stock market is the greatest wealth-creating machine in history and it's created so much wealth for so many people. And the best part for us is that it's now incredibly accessible for for many people to get involved and start building wealth from a young age. And you know, if you think about what it takes to get into the property market compared to what it takes to get started in the stock market, for us, you know, the barriers are just so much, uh, so few, you know, so less um, when it comes to the stock market. Yeah. So tell me about the work that you guys do with getting that information out to people. Well, I mean, we started the first podcast because we wanted to get the information ourselves. Like back in the day, Bryce, you know, Bryce grew up in a family where he was taught good money habits early. You know, he split his pocket money into saving, spending and investing buckets. Like Amazing. He was that uh, <laughs> that annoying guy that's always on top of his finances, always knows where every dollar is going. I'm the opposite. I'm very much on the vibe of the thing when it comes to, to money. Um and I was living with Bryce and, you know, he was interested in the stock market and I wanted to learn about it. And, you mm. know, for so long, uh, financial media has been great at speaking to the industry and talking to other experts. But the, for, for everyday people like us, we just kind of felt left out. And so I yeah. think, you know, for us, it's all about making these markets accessible, helping people understand what's going on, but really we are on that journey and, you know, people can join us on that journey. And, and for us, that's that's how we communicate that information and that sort of is what, I guess, separates equity mates from some of the more traditional financial media out there. Yeah, totally. And I feel that people, you know, it's it's nice that you're going on that journey with people so then they don't feel like it like an idiot. Sometimes I watch things on TV or any, like, financial news and you're just picking up little bits and pieces here and there and you're not being able to put it all together. So you're like, oh, I'm not even going to ask a question because it'll go over my head. Look, if you're worried about uh, being an idiot I uh, or looking like an idiot, I managed to lose all of my money the first time I invested, like all of it. <laughs> and, you know, I stuck with it and uh, here, here I am. So... Don't worry about looking like an idiot. You're not going to have mm. a worse start than I did. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, worth, it's worth sticking with it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I feel like this is going to be the perfect segue because I have been wanting to get into the stock market for literally years. And to be fair, for a first few of those years, I didn't have a cent to my name. I'm kind of in between the two of you. I never, like I, my parents definitely taught me how to save but I would then blow it all traveling and doing things. So like I I had the ability to save and also the ability to spend like every cent I had. So now I'm like, I'm saving money now. And I was hoping that you guys could fill me in on some of the details that I would need to know. Like what would you like me to know? Or one of the first things to know about getting into investing? Yeah, I think the most common question we get is, do I have enough money to start investing? And this goes back to the whole... um, donate smashed avo and save your money like the idea that we have as everyday australians is 
We have to save and save and save until we can finally put that money to work, be it in the stock market or in a house or whatever. Throw that out Throw that out to begin with. Everyone has enough money to start investing. You can literally start investing with a few cents. Mm-hmm. And so the question, do I have enough money to start investing? The answer is yes. Amazing. In terms of how you can do that, uh, there's a number of different apps and, and websites that have really made buying stocks or managed funds really exactly like online shopping. You sign up, you put something in your basket, you check out and it's done. Like that, that is exactly the same. In fact, some apps have made it even easier where you don't have to do anything. If you're going out and buying something, you know, you're going and buying Smashed Avo for breakfast and you're spending $16.50, they'll round that up to $17, take that extra 50 cents and invest it on your behalf. So, it's never been easier. It's never been cheaper uh, to get started. So I think in terms of where we start, I think that's the important starting point. Yeah. And literally, like you said, you could do it with sense if you're doing, especially like that app, which is pretty cool. It's so easy that we even did a test to see if it was faster to buy socks on Amazon or stocks in Amazon. And it was easier to buy stocks in Amazon than it was socks on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Okay. So what do you say to people that would say that investing in stocks is almost like gambling? Yeah, this is another really common concern that people have. And I think when you think about gambling um, and the stock market being the same, it's because people's idea of the stock market is, you know, finding some random company that you don't really know what they do and then putting a bunch of money in and hoping it goes up uh, and, you know, it could go up or down and and similar to gambling, you can either make money or lose money. Mm. But, But that's not what investing should be. Like cut away all of the ideas of investing that you see on like the news, the charts and the stock tickers and the numbers. What you're doing when you're investing is you're finding great companies and you're buying an ownership stake in that company. And as that company hires the smartest people, invents new products, expands to new markets, you as an owner in that business are benefiting. And yeah. when you think of it like that and you cut away all the, all the noise that the day-to-day financial media has, that is very different to gambling. And I think what's really interesting about that is I think a lot of people might get the idea that it's like gambling because there's there's quite a few different ways of obviously trading stocks and there's like people that do it really volatile trading or what is it like day trading where you're like opening and closing in a day um, versus holding on to something for longer, not freaking out about it if there's like a little dip or a little, you know, <laughs> I feel like what a lot of people in my situation would benefit from would be doing exactly that, like finding some companies that you, you know, trust or are interested in or see future with and just letting your money sit there for a bit. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, well, I mean, in in reference to the sort of day trading, that's not investing in the way that Ren just explained it. You know, you're not actually concerned about what the company is doing. You're not concerned Mm. about the the long-term future. You're really just trying to predict price movement and and putting in in a position to, to either benefit from that price movement either way. So for us, that is a way that you can make money in the stock market, but what we talk about on equity mates is as you described it alexis which is finding businesses that you know that you you know you love their products all these companies that you engage with on a daily basis have huge user mm. user growth you know you understand how they make money Th- those are the companies that you can start thinking about and investing in and, and over a long period of time i guess hope that uh, 
if they continue on the trajectory that they are, they, they continue to compound and grow. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't have to be, how much of an expert would you have to be then? Like you do, you don't have to be an expert in economics or anything like that. You could just, like you said, it's more that feeling of a company that you know, which I think is pretty cool. Gut feel, yeah. That's how I invest. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then- <laughs> no, no, there's more to it than that. There is more to it than that. <laughs> I, like neither Bryce nor I studied finance or anything like that and worked in the industry. Um, you know, you don't have to be an expert in that sense. You do have to do the work. Like you do have to mm. know what you're putting your money in because it's your money at the end of the day. But I think the thing that we've learned through doing this podcast and learning ourselves is that there's so many resources out there. You can become, maybe not an expert, but you can become informed enough to invest yourself. Yeah, and still eating, you know, smashed avo for breakfast. I yeah. smashed avo for breakfast every day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, oh, I'm at like the amount of coffees I buy a day and all of that and I always think, should I be like stop buying coffee altogether and start saving more? But like you, you, you're making me feel better about my purchases. So for you guys, are you both, do you think that you guys are both in it for the long haul? Absolutely. And I think the, the reason for that is this thing called compound and you know, it's something that if you can understand the power of compounding early in your investing journey, then you will understand why it's important to start as soon as you can and to let it do its thing. And so the longer that you're in the markets, the longer that you let businesses compound and grow, you know, that has exponential effects later on in life. So um, mm. we're absolutely in this for the long term. And, you know, it's proven that there's success in that. Yeah, definitely. And then you're not relying on, you know, I feel like so many people I know, especially now with what's happened with, you know, COVID and everything, a lot of people are, you see them living paycheck to paycheck with no ability to save for something, but also haven't even thought that maybe they could put, even like you said, $10 a week, something like a little bit a week towards something. It's incredible what you can do. I'm, mm. I'm actually really excited. I'm, I'm going to start tonight. <laughs> I'm getting one of those apps and I'm starting tonight. I'm like, I swear it's going to happen. My dad will be thrilled. He's been telling me to do this since I was like 18 years old. <laughs> just sorry, just on that. I think that's the best yeah. part is you, you, just getting into a habit of putting money away consistently is probably the best thing that you can do. And if it's mm. $2 a week, if it's $20 a week, if it's $200 a week, getting that habit and and then all of a sudden, as soon as you start do earning a little bit more money, it's not going to be a foreign feeling constantly putting a little bit away into into the share market or into an investment um, portfolio. So forget the the amount that you're putting in. As Alex said, it's it's about the habit of doing it. Yeah, hundred percent. So now that I am ready and willing to be investing my money in shares, what? Do you think I should be like, which company do you think I should be looking into? Do you have recommendations at all or app recommendations? This is where we come in with the general disclaimer that we do not give any financial advice. (laughs) 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 No, I I, I think for for beginners, um, if you're just starting out in the stock market, the great thing is that you don't actually have to now be thinking about individual companies. There's a lot of stress and and pressure that you can put on yourself to try and pick that perfect company that you invest in. As Alex said at the Mm. top of this episode, he went in on a single company and lost all his money at the start, but turned it around in his second trade and and made a heap of money on on the second one. But um, there, there are products available now 
things called ETFs, exchange traded funds, which allow you to invest in a really broad uh, capacity. So, for example, there are thousands of companies on the Australian Stock Exchange and there's a product called the ASX 200 uh, ETF and it'll give you access to the top 200 listed companies here in Australia in in an easy single investment. So rather than have to choose between Commonwealth or, uh, you know, uh, Rio Tinto or Fortescue, you can make an investment that'll give you a small bit of exposure to all 200 companies. And for us, that's a really great way to start investing in the market because, it diversifies the money that you've saved hard to work mm. for and, and put into the market. You don't have to put time and energy into researching one single company and understanding you know, their financials and, and trying to compete against all the other people out there investing in that company. And you're just going to get a broad-based market return, which at the end of the day, that a market return is, is all that you really need to build wealth over a long period of time. So a great place yeah. to start is looking at yeah, ETFs. I think that's amazing. I didn't even... I didn't know much about that at all. So that's really cool. And I guess even once you get more confident with that, you could do a bit of both even. You could have that and then you could look at one or two companies that you are really interested in as well. So you kind of have that, I guess you feel like a bit more safer with one and then you can go a little bit more like, I really trust this company. I love this company. I'll put my money into that. 100%. It's, uh, that's exactly how both Bryce and I invest. And I think when you're looking at individual companies and and trying to figure out what to buy, the important thing to remember is that we have so much information available to us. And I'm not talking about spreadsheets and annual reports and stuff like that. Like what we're investing in, these companies are companies that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. And the classic example in Australia was Afterpay. Like Afterpay came from nowhere. It was only founded in 2014. It was listed on the share market in 2016. But we all as, you know, young people talking to our friends, buying stuff online, going to shops, or at least pre-COVID when we could go to shops and seeing more and more uh, shops with Afterpay stickers on the window. Like we were hearing about it. We were seeing it. We were engaging in it and we were using the product. You know, we knew that it was growing incredibly and that more and more people were using it and that our friends were talking about it. We all had the option to actually invest in it as well. And unfortunately, I didn't. Bryce, the <laughs> online shopper that he is, did. But, but that's, that, that's the case with so many companies. You know, yeah. you think about when like streaming videos started and we all started using Netflix and we all thought it was so much better than watching free-to-wear and getting pumped yeah. with ads and stuff like that. We all could have invested in Netflix and we knew that more and more people were using it and that it was producing better content. And if you just think about like that, like – Look at what your friends are buying. Think about what you're saving for. Talk to your parents about, you know, what they, they're excited to buy or use. There's so much information around us and most of these things that we're buying, we can actually not just buy the product, but we can also buy an ownership stake in the company. And I think that we can all save a little bit here and there. I think so many times we realise, oh, wait, I've been paying for that membership that I've not used forever and things like that. <laughs> like you can always kind of pull back on the things that you literally do not need or enjoy but then yeah of course still enjoy your life in the meantime so that makes Mm, a lot of sense mm. yeah Yeah. my uber eats bill in 2020 was definitely something that was wasn't necessary but you know you're living your life (laughs) you should have said no 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 one of my best friends you're not you you will die it was nine thousand dollars for uber Uber eats bill nine (laughs) thousand (laughs) dollars 
What? She would go three times in a day. Like if it was a suntan, it was raining. One day she did dinner and then straight after she did ice cream on a separate order. I'm like, you are a psychopath. (laughs) You are funneling cash. Can you imagine that much that's money? Crazy. Oh, so bad. That's oh, that's crazy. so good yeah. to know. I'm, you've got, I'm really excited about this. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to look into these apps as well. And I'm going to start now, like today with a small amount and then I just keep adding to it. Yes, on. Love that. That's exactly what we want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll touch base with you guys in like six months' time and let, let you guys know where I'm at. That'd be epic. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time chatting with me, coming onto the show, and I think the listeners will definitely get a lot out of it. I know I did. Thanks for having us. Nice one. Thanks, Alexis. While the idea that we need to sacrifice our youthful freedoms in order to get ahead is still prominent, the equity mates say that structural issues create a bigger barrier than our breakfast. And although the common belief has been to invest in property, they say that the stock market is a more accessible and viable option. Bryce and Alec don't come from extravagant wealth. Yet, through smart investments and good money management, they're now on their way to financial security. All the while, eating all the smashed avo they can stomach. On the next episode of Rule Benders. When I started out, it was literally like I wanted like an audience to kind of hold my hand while I dealt with all that heavy material. I guess I wanted to transform the experience of fear into something that was like more chill, like a community experience instead. From Samsung Galaxy, this has been Rule Benders. My name is Alexis Fernandez and thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>